Hey, good morning and welcome to Hope Church. Welcome to my living room again. Welcome home. We are glad you're here today. If you're visiting Hope Church for the very first time, we'd love for you right after we're done today, we'd love for you to go over to our website, go to hopewintergarden.com, click on I'm new. We'd love for you to fill out a connect card. We are a relational church and we would love to connect with you. It is our very first Sunday in June, and we want you to know we're starting a brand new series today. You made it for the very first week, and it's called A New new Normal. So welcome. If you're watching with someone, tell them, hey, it's time. It's time for a new normal. It's time for a new, it's time for a new normal. Hey, um, I, uh, man, the last 10 days has been um, frustrating. It's been sad. Um, it's been just crazy and the Lord has put it on my heart to unpack my story a little bit with you and in the idea or in this new conversation, new normal, I want to challenge you this morning in a way that I've never challenged you. And, um, so it's my goal that you hear my heart, uh, this morning. Um, it's my goal that you would see me, um, the way that maybe you see yourself, and maybe you'd see me the way Jesus sees me, maybe the way that I Jesus sees you. And I'm hoping I'm praying that after our time together this morning, um, you'll see you'll see other people differently. Your new normal would be that you see people that you see people different. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful for the time that you've given us to sit and talk around your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to um just to learn to see people the way that you see them. Lord, I pray that our new normal would not to see things with bias and prejudice, but we would see people the way that you see them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey church, um, you're joining us. I, I'm, I'm emotional this morning. Um, I'm, my, my heart is full. I, I, wanna, I wanna help people. If you've been following me on Facebook this week, you know I've been trying to communicate my feelings about the death of George Floyd less than two weeks ago. And um, when that news hit of George Floyd dying, I was on a vacation and um, heading back from vacation, I began to watch all the news, been gonna watch the social media. And then days later, a video came out where this officer has put his knee on um, George Floyd's neck and he's no longer here today, he's dead and gone. And um, Man, I was mad. I was discouraged. Uh, I was frustrated. Um, I kind of looked at God and said, "God, I've, I've been trying to lead our church through this, through this pandemic, uh, this coronavirus pandemic, and now I find myself having to lead our church through another pandemic called corruption and, and racism." And man, I was I was taken back. So I I, I want to kind of go back a little bit uh, for you. Some of you guys, I don't know how you see me. I think we all watch people walk down the, on the, down the streets and we see people the way that we want to see them. But um, when, when I, grew, I grew up with a dad who was, who was black and I grew up with a mom who was, who was white. And, um, and every time I speak, I want to make them both proud. I want to be proud of my, my black heritage and, and my dad. I want to be proud of my white heritage that I've gotten from my, from my mom and you know, you, you, wherever you're sitting at today in whatever color of your skin, you didn't choose that color of your skin. You didn't choose your, you didn't choose your background. Your, your parents decided to have you. And so whatever they were, 
that's what you, that's what you became. Man, growing up, I've, I've always struggled with identity. I, I'd, I'd go to the basketball courts in, in Eatonville where my, where my dad grew up and they wouldn't pick me to play on the basketball team because I wasn't black enough. And then I'd go to my school, being one of the only few black kids at a white Christian school. And at that school, I wasn't white enough. I was, I was a black kid. So my whole life, I've gone back and forth of, am I white? Am I black? Am I brown? Am I somewhere in between? And I just adapted. You know, my friends started saying, no, you're not black, you're not white. You're, you're, you're Pastor West, you're mocha. You're, you're mocha. And so I've kind of adapted this idea of, man, who am I? And what am I supposed to be? And, and now I've, I've struggled my whole entire life. And when all this came out last week uh, with the death of George Floyd, man, I just... I was left stuck, and I really had the last week had to figure out who, what, where, where's my identity at? Like, what, what am I? Like, and why did God make me black? Why did God make me white? Why did God make me brown? Why did He take me and put me? Because I've asked that question my whole entire life, and I really feel like God has brought me to such a time as this to have to flesh out what I, who, who I am, and what I'm gonna be. And you know, there's, there's a, there's black churches. And there's a reason for that. There's white churches, and there's a reason for that. And then there's churches like Hope Church, where everybody can come just as they are and be who God's called them to be. Red and yellow, black and white. We sing that song in Sunday school. They are all precious in His side. And I was sad in this week because I had to, I have to have the conversation with my kids on what happened last week, and have to explain to my kid, explain to my kids, racism. And have to explain to my kids things that my dad explained to me. Man, I was sitting on my bed this week, which is just right beyond, right beyond the other wall in this room, and just crying on my bed this week because I'm just like, man, I want my kids to grow up in a better world than the world that I grew up in. I remember my dad explaining to me a racism, being treated differently, and I, I remember being up with my grandpa. My grandpa telling me stories of, of of racism, and and I just believe that by the time I got to this point in age. Today and in 2020, with with kids that are in middle school and elementary and, and and preschool, that I would never have to have the conversation, which lives matter more. And so my prayer today, my prayer for you and for me, is that we would get to the point in our lives where we, our new normal would be to see people the way that Jesus, the way that Jesus sees them. And so. I've gotten so many messages um, back. I had a guy reach out to me this week and he said, thanks for, thanks for reaching out. The struggle is real. He said, the fe- the, he goes, it feels like the walls are closing in, like there's less space to exist and even less spaces where my voice can go. And I thought, man, God forbid we be a church and never ever speak up to the injustice of racism. I've had people reach out to me and, and try to encourage me. I had another guy say, um, it's sad that the same giant that existed and threatened me when I was a teen still exists and poses a threat to my children. And I want a better world for my children. I think the gospel came, Jesus came down the cross for our sins. He only created one race. It was the human race and he died for the human race. And when he died on the cross for our sins, it eradicated all the different colors and the most in color, the most important color that matters to Jesus and to me is the color red, which is the blood that Jesus poured out for your sins and for my sins. And so 
I um, had to figure out what I believed in the last last ten days. I had to figure out what we will do, what I will do as a person. I will figure. I had to figure out what I would say, and um, I was reminded today by a friend. It'll be on the screen for you. I think you got to take a picture of this, and it's this: all the answers to every problem are in one book, and that book is the Bible. That God speaks to the injustice that we're seeing on, on, on TV and that we're watching on our social media. And, and um, had a friend tell me yesterday, he said, you know, I just, I can't believe what I saw on TV for, for that long of a period, that, that injustice. And I've had the opportunity to speak to cops and I've been able to sit in rooms with people that are young white business owners, young black business owners, older black men, older white men. I've been able to sit in, off, sit in rooms this week with with police officers and, and trying to figure out how we're going to navigate this as a church. But here's what God, t- God, God reminded me this week that he has an answer for all this. God speaks to racism. God speaks to injustices that we see in our, in our communities today. God speaks to the situation that we see that happen to George Floyd. And so I want to read a passage of scripture to you today that I think will, I think will help you and will shed some light, will shed some light on, on what we're going through as a country. And then at the end of this text, I'd like to help you with a couple things I think that we could do, practically speaking, um, in this pandemic of corruption and racism. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? What a great question. That's a question that we're all going to have to answer one day. Where, do you, where, are, we going to, where are you going to spend eternity at? And he asked that question, verse 26, Jesus says to him, well, what does the law of Moses say? And how do you read it? What do you, what do you, you, know, what, you know the answer to the question. It was very customary for Jesus to answer questions with questions. And he says to them, hey guys, well, what does the law of Moses say? What does the law of Moses say? Mind you, if you're new to this, if you're new to church, there's over 600 plus laws that these religious people have kind of brewed up and kind of put together. And he says, what do you think that the Mosaic law has to say about this? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We find ourselves and the pandemic of racism and corruption today. And, and Jesus is offering us this verse, in, verse uh, in, this, in the scripture in verse 27, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind, and you must love your neighbor as yourself. And man, this week I have just realized, and if I don't get through this whole entire message without sharing it with you, I need to share it with you now, that everyone is your neighbor. Everyone is your neighbor, red and yellow, black and white, every single color, they are your neighbor. And we're supposed to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Verse 28, right, Jesus told him, do this and you'll live. Like, do this and you'll have eternal life. The man wanted to, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and, and who's my neighbor? Who, who do you say that my who do you say that my neighbor is? And Jesus begins to tell a story that we're going to find is very familiar in where we're at in 2020 and that just happened with the incidents around George Floyd's life. Verse 30 says this, 
Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling for, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. This guy's walking, he's going to a place, he's living out his normal, his normal day. He's going from point A to point to point B. And the Bible says that a group of guys grabbed him and he was a Jewish man and they, they beat him up. And the rest of the story, we don't know the bandits. We don't know where they're from. We don't know wh why they did what they did, but they took all this stuff. They beat him up and, and, and left him there to die by the side of the road. And, and you know, when, when, when people died on the side of the road, people are going to eventually see that. You know, we're living in a day in an age where, where everyone has a cell phone, everyone's recording something and and no one's recording in this day and age, but we do see an injustice here. We do see this guy is beat up and his, his life, is he's left there bleeding and, and, and begging for, for, to live. And the Bible says, just by chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed the other side of the road and he passed by him. In this new normal, you can identify with just a couple of these different guys. There's three guys in this story. And they all have a different approach to what they see with this injustice. They all have an approach to what they see this man laying on the road. They all have three. There's three options. You have three options. And so he sees him and he walks to the other side of the road. Verse 32. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. I wonder how many times we see people that God's calling us to walk up to and talk to. But instead of walking over and helping, we again just walk by them and pass by them. Verse 33, then, there's an adjective here that, that's a very strong word. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, the Bible says that man, he felt compassion for him. Now a Samaritan was a, was a, was a, was a half-breed in this time. He wasn't he was half Jew, half Gentile, and no, not many people liked him. And, um, and he, he, again, he didn't choose, this, this Samaritan, he didn't choose his background. He just woke up one day. He came from his mom and from his dad, and, and he finds himself being a, being a Samaritan and not being liked and not being able to fit in. And like, much like my story, going into the black neighborhoods and, and, and them calling him a white, white guy and, and then going into the white neighborhoods and saying, man, you're, you're black and you're really not fitting in. Or maybe going with his rich friends and being around rich people and them saying, hey, you don't really have enough to fit in. And, and then going around poor people and saying, you don't identify with, with our scenario or different, different backgrounds. Or maybe going around different people of different political parties and saying, hey, you don't fit in here. You don't belong here. And that's where the Samaritan man finds himself almost every day, not fitting in in any circle that he finds himself that he finds himself in. So it says there that he felt compassion for him. Verse 34, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, and he, he bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn where he took good care of him. I left this out a moment ago, Samaritans, weren't liked by Jews. And this guy is a Jewish man lying on the floor. And this Samaritan guy walks up there and, and in church, you know me, you know me well. I don't like to, 
I like things to be in place and in order, but this guy gets on his hands and his knees and he's rubbing oil on this man and getting blood on himself and getting blood on his on, on his clothes. I uh, my daughter when she was four years old she fell at a at a at a store and and she busted her teeth out of her mouth and it was a traumatic event for her. It was a traumatic event for me. I drove across town and met her there at diners with her and our little our, our nine year old at that time was just a was just a few months old and then I had both kids there and I remember getting to where Diane was at and picking up my daughter and having the blood all over. Um, my clothes and and thinking I'm gonna just it's my daughter so I'm gonna keep her and hang on to her and we were in the hospital for for 12 hours and they had to take her teeth out and stitches and I mean it was just it was a messy situation but it was my I didn't I didn't think twice about jumping in I didn't think twice about getting in down there and helping and holding my daughter and and this this Samaritan man he felt the same way he just jumped in with compassion he just took care of this guy and then he puts him on his horse he puts him in his car your car my car to make this more modern today. And the Bible says that he took this guy on his own and he took him to a, a hotel and said, hey, or this hospital, this inn, says, hey, can you take care of my friend? The next day, he, he, the Bible says the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins and he told him, take care of this man. And if his bills run higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Verse 36, I, I love this story. I, I love Jesus telling the story. He's telling this parable and he says to the guys, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus said. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. And I have struggled for the last 10 days with this passage of scripture and wrestling with it, and how it was going to apply to my life. And I've told you as a church, the Bible is amazing. It has the answer to all of the, the, the problems and the issues that we have in life. But if you don't apply the scripture, how good is the scripture? How, the question I ask is, how am I going to apply the, this good Samaritan story to this, the modern day story of George Floyd, or the modern day story of the injustices that we see in our country today and I wrote down a couple of things that I think maybe would help you today that would help me you've heard these things and I'm going to unpack them a little bit more for you this week but I think the first guy walked up and he said we need to pray the first guy says in the story he walked over and he saw this man bleeding and he just kind of kept on going I think sometimes for us it's easy to pray we, we all can pray. And so I've had some, some friends of mine, leaders from different communities, white communities and black communities say, hey, can you come be a part of our, our community? Can you, come and, can you come and pray? And can you come speak to our team? Can you come speak to our church? Can you, can you come and pray and, and, and help us navigate some of these conversations? Many of you have reached out to me and said, hey man, how can I, how can I pray? And I think we need, to, we need to pray. But I think this guy that this walks over and he sees him and keeps on going, I think he kind of asked himself this question is if I stop, what will happen to me? And I think it's by, I think it's time that for us as Americans and, and really Christians in America today and, and people that call themselves Jesus followers, it's time for us to do more than just pray. It's time for more, it's time for us to stop just saying, Oh man, what's going to happen to me? And what will my friends think about me? What will they say about me? What will they think about me? We need to, we need to pray, but we got to do more. We need to do more them pray. And here's the second thing we need to do. We need to post. I think the second guy walked over and he kind of assessed the situation. And I think he asked himself the same exact question. 
if I stop, what will what will happen to me? And he comes he comes up and he gets a little bit more braver than the first guy. And he walks over and sees the guy and he assesses the situation and he, he keeps on walking and says, I don't want to. I don't want to do anything. Maybe I'll, I'll tell a story or maybe I'll pray. Maybe I'll, t- I'll post about it. I'll tell a story. But I think the church has stopped and we've looked long enough. We can't, do, we can't just keep on just looking. We can't just stop for just a few moments. We can't be okay with injustice. We can't be okay with treating people wrong because of the, the color of their skin. It should not be okay on our watch. The things that we're seeing today, we can't just pray and we can't just post. We need to do more. You know, when you drive your car on, on the highway, you've seen this before. If you're driving eastbound and you, it starts going slow on eastbound, when you get closer up to figure out what's going on, you look on the left and there's an accident going westbound. Or if you're going north and there's an accident going southbound and, and we see that people are going out and there's a term for that. And when people slow down and look at accidents, it's called rubbernecking. And I think the church has been rubbernecking long enough. We can't just pray. We can't just post. We have to do more. What happened last week was not an accident. It was on purpose. I think racism is on was is not an accident. Racism is on purpose. Racism is taught. Racism is caught. And the church can do something about it. We can pray. We need to post. And here's the third thing. We need to participate. <clears throat> we need to participate. The first two guys said, the first guy said, if I stop, what will happen to me? The second guy said, I should stop. And he looked. But the third guy said this, if I don't stop, what will happen to them? And that's been a question that's pierced my soul for the last 10 days. If we don't do something, is anybody else going to? If we don't stop and put a hand out, if we don't stop and put our hands in the dirt with people, if we don't stop and get ourselves dirty by the blood, if we don't stop and put the people in our car and help them get to to safety, if we don't stop, what will happen to them? Are we we okay with watching people person after person die? Are Are we okay with seeing people their names become a hashtag because they're because they're dying. We we got to put ourselves in a situation where we start to participate. We we get in the best we can. Should we pray? Absolutely. Should we post? Absolutely. But we can do more. The Samaritan got his hands dirty and his clothes dirty. And Hope Church, we got to get our hands dirty, and we got to get our clothes dirty in this injustice. We can do better. The, the phrase in my mind all, all week long has been, we can do better. We can do more. We can help. We don't have to have all the answers, but doing nothing is not okay. We got to do something. And so in this new normal for this week, is that our new normal is to see everyone as equal. Your new normal, my new normal, our new normal, Hope Church's new normal is to see everyone as equal you know i i I think growing up i had a you know i've struggled really bad with 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 why god made me black and why god made me white all at the same exact time making this me this brown masterpiece and a son of god and fearfully wonderfully made all the things that god's made me and i think he made it for me made me the way that he made me for such a time as now we've been going through the book of esther and i've had to live out that sermon this week. This is my season 
my wife has said, hey Wes, this is your, this is your season. My friends have reached out to me and said, hey, this is your, this is your season. It is your season. Your time is now. Your, your new normal is to help more people see everyone as equal. You know, when Jesus came to the earth on the cross for our sins, he came to be an equalizer. You know, there's story after story in the Bible of people. There was a woman at a well that people looked down at, and Jesus came to be an equalizer. He died on the cross for her sins, and when he died on the cross for her sins, it changed everything. It put her on the same playing ground as her as the people who didn't like her. There was another woman caught in adultery and people threw at Jesus' feet and Jesus came and he put her on the same playing ground. And, and there was religious rulers that thought they had all the answers and when Jesus came, it put everyone on the same playing ground. Jesus sees you, Jesus sees me all the same. And he, you and I have to start seeing people the way Jesus sees people, our new normal is to see everyone as equal. You can pray and you can post and you can participate, but if your new normal is not to see everyone as equal, it won't really matter what you post. It won't matter what you pray and it won't matter what you participate in. We have to see everyone as equal. So my prayer for you, if you're watching and you're like, man, I just, I don't know how I can see people as, as my new normal. I don't know if I can see people the way that the way that Jesus sees them. And maybe you can't do that because you've never accepted Christ as your savior. Like in order for you to see people the way Jesus sees people, you're gonna have to have a savior. You're gonna have to realize that you were a sinner and that you had issues and you had blinders on. And then Jesus came and died on the cross for your sins. And when he did that, he made, he put you in the same playing ground as everybody else. We're all sinners. We all have hurts, habits, and hangups. But because of the cross, we can see people differently. Because of the cross, we can live a different life. Because of the cross, we can step into these situations. Because of the cross, we're able to pray effectively. Because of the cross, we're able to post the things that are gonna help people, and they're gonna encourage people, they're gonna lift people up. Because of the cross, we're able to participate and be a good Samaritan. We can love our neighbors better. We can love everybody differently. Church, we can do better. We have to have a new a new normal. If you're watching today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, every single week we've been on this, we've been preaching online for 13 weeks and, and we're praying and believing that we're gonna be in, a, in our building, back in our building soon, but we wanna give you an opportunity right where you're watching to trust Christ as your savior. We, we wanna we give you an opportunity right where you're at to, to have forgiveness come into your life right now, wherever it is that you're watching. And every week we tell you it's as simple as ABC, Letter A, you have to admit that you've done wrong. You've done wrong, my friend. I've done wrong, we've all, we've all done wrong. I'm sitting in my living room, I've done wrong in my living room. Everywhere I, I've done wrong. You have to admit that you've done wrong. The Bible tells us that we've done wrong, all of us. Letter, letter B, you gotta believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. You know, the story that we watched today, the Good Samaritan, really is Jesus. He came and saved and changed our life. You have to believe that he came, that he died, and he rose again for your sins and for my sins. You have to believe that. And then let us see you need to commit your life to Jesus. You need to say, Jesus, I'm, I want to go all in with you, Jesus. I'm committing my life to you, Jesus. Forgive me of all of my sins. I want to be a child of God. You got to commit your life to Jesus. So if you're watching this morning, you're like, man, I want that. I, Wes, I, there's some things in my life that are right, but I, I want to ask Jesus to be my savior. 
I want to help you with that right now. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And would you would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I admit today that I've done wrong. I've sinned against you, God. But today, I believe that you died and you rose again for my sins. I believe that you have saved me by what you've done on the cross. And today, Jesus, I commit my life to you. I'm going all in with you, Jesus, because you went all in for me. Be my leader, be my guide. Lord, help me to live my life for you as your child. Jesus, today I'm becoming a Christian. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, today if you gave your life to Christ, we are so excited for you and we wanna be able to celebrate that with you. If you go over to our website, hopewintergarden.com and click on Know God, there's information on how you can learn more about trusting Christ as your Savior, more verses, more explanation, and there's a link on the bottom with our email address. And you can email us at info at hopewintergarden.com and let us know that you trusted Christ as your Savior because we would love to celebrate that decision with you. Hey church, I love you guys. I love pastoring. I love leading you guys. This week I thought to myself, God, why am I in this season? And God just kept on saying, Wes, this is your moment. This is your moment to share the good news that Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. This is your time to, to stand up for the, the injustice and the corruption and the racism. It, this is your time to step into this space and to be who I've called you to be. But church, I want you to play your part. I want to, we got to pray for our country. Our country needs prayer so bad. We're desperate for revival and revival can only come from Jesus. Man, I want you to post. I want you to, I want you to use your social media to help, to encourage, to inspire, to lift people up. That's why Jesus put us on this earth to encourage and to equip people. I want you to use that. But I want you to participate in the space that God wants you to participate in. We, we, we all can do something, but doing nothing is not an option. Doing nothing is not an option. Let's step into the spaces. Let's develop relationships with people who don't look like us. And let's, let, let's start seeing people the way Jesus sees them. And let's let our new normal be to see all people everywhere as equal. Hey, I love you, church. If you have any questions and you want to continue the dialogue, I would love that. Would you email us? Would you, would you, would you message us from whatever platform that you're watching from today? And we would love to, to, to spend more time having this conversation with you. Hey, we love you. Thanks for joining us for week one of a new normal. We can't wait to see you next week for week two. Love you guys. See you soon. At Hope Church, one of our core values is that we 
are generous. Because of your generosity, we have been able to feed thousands of meals across our city and even help others around the world. Thank you so much, Hope Church, for continuing to be generous in these hard times. If you would like to give today, you can give at hopewintergarden.com. You can also text an amount to 84321. Thank you so much for your generosity. We believe the best is yet to come, and we hope you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Thanks for joining us and have a great week.